Hey, welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls, and I'm your host. And wow, do I have a freaking awesome guest on today. Mr. Craig Dutswalt, you are not going to believe this dude's stories. Hang tight. We will be right with you. I had to, man. (laughs) I had to. The one and only Craig Doswald is on my show, man. That's unbelievable. That's that picture is when Slash and I used to date. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That is so funny, man. So you, uh, dude. I don't know that you need an introduction, but um, let's let's uh, let's introduce let's introduce you, Jeff Hart. Jeff Hart's down there, and uh, I think he's down in Dallas area. That's, All right, uh, neighbor. Yeah. My you're, new neighbor. You're, you're a new a new Dallas native. Is that is that the right verbiage? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. think I don't think I'm a native yet. I'm more like <laughs> a uh, transplant <laughs> from California. Yes, everyone's moving from California. Come on down, people. Come oh, on down. Jeff, Jeff's in te- Texarkana. Okay. 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 Yeah, that's up the road a piece. So, so Craig, um, you know, I created this show about two and a half years ago to um, help people have a breakthrough in life, and I know you're all about that. And um, you know, I, I like hearing people's stories. I think you have. You may have one of the most unique stories ever told on this show, actually. I win. I win. I you win. You win. I'm, we'll figure out what the prize is. But but so, so where, hey, start with like where you were born and raised. By the way, I will be putting you full screen so you have full screen um, here and there. But um, start with where you were born and raised. Born in Long Island, New York, Deer Park to be uh, exact, in Suffolk County. Um, back in the early, early 60s, like the very early 60s, and, um, and uh, had a great childhood, played a lot of sports. I was a uh, uh, quarterback in football for a long, long time. I, I was on the Chiefs in Little League a lot, and then I coached football for a little while, and I coached the Chiefs. So it, I, I'm a Kansas City Chief fan from New York, and I'm happy now. It's been a horrible 40 years or 50 years, but now they look like they're going to be good for a while. So I played a lot of sports. I was a hockey player. I was uh, tennis, hockey, golf, baseball, basketball, football. I played everything. Uh, Then I went to college upstate New York, Oswego, SUNY Oswego. Uh, Had a great time in SUNY Oswego. Had a really, really great upbringing. And then I got out of college um, and I I was an actor in college. I I had a marketing degree but a a theater degree as well. And I wanted to be an actor. So I got a job at the Westbury Music Fair in Long Island right out of college. It's this 3,000 seat in the round theater where a lot of acts come in there, uh, a lot of um, rock rock acts, a lot of comedians, a lot of plays, 
um, things like that. So I'm working there right out of college in 1983. And uh, so a bunch of like uh, the sound of music came in for a couple of weeks with Theodore Bikel and Roberta Peters. Um, Rodney Dangerfield came in. I actually, wow. he hired me on the side while I was working there to go into the pit and tape his show for him. So that was kind of cool. So I wow. met a lot of people. It was really, really cool. So then air supply comes in on a Friday and Saturday night, Friday night, I'm working the show. I'm a runner. I'm a working backstage, getting them drinks, getting them towels, taking them to sound uh, to the hotel, back and forth to sound check, getting them ready yeah. for the show. But you know, I'm, just a runner. I'm the lowest. You, you, know, you know, I was a runner too, right? Uh, were you really? Yeah, I was a runner. I told you I worked for, um, good God, I worked for Chris Isaac. I worked for Shania Twain. I worked for a uh, bunch of people. Uh, what's the one I told you? Uh, crazy, crazy stories, which I'm sure yours are way better. But no. like, with um, who, uh, more than words, extreme. I, oh, extreme, I was, like Gary Sharon. Gary Sharon. <laughs> Oh my God, dude, they, they live up to their name. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I knew, I knew Gary a little bit because we played, um, uh, what was it? We did the Freddie Mercury tribute and I met him oh, there, okay. yeah. uh, with guns yeah. and roses. So, uh, so I get a job work. So I'm at this theater and air supply is doing two shows Friday and Saturday night, Friday night, I'm the runner, uh, yeah. Saturday night, I'm not scheduled to work, but my mother wants to go see air supply and she wants me to take me take her with me so uh two weeks out of college i'm taking my mother to a concert so, so my dating life is now over forever and i'm sitting, <laughs> sitting in the audience and uh she goes during the show she's like you know i really like air supply um you work here you could get me backstage so i'm like great my mother's a groupie so i take her backstage uh to meet the band of which i don't know them i only met them the night before and this yeah. big uh, six foot five, 350 pound guy walks up to me and he's like, you're the guy that was working here last night, right? I'm like, uh, yes, I am, Mr. Very Large Man. And he said, how much do you make a week here? And I'm thinking it's none of his business, but he's huge. <laughs> so I should answer the question. I said about $150 a week. And he goes, how would you like to quadruple that? And so many things went through my mind of what this man wanted me to do to him for $600 a week. <laughs> but I figured I'm in dude i'm yours what do you need and he said the band saw you working last night they oh love your God. positive attitude and your energy and they want to know if you want to go on the road to make a very long story short they sent a limousine to my house the next morning took a clear wow. jet to wallingford connecticut and toured with air supply for seven years simply are you serious yeah simply because i was always doing my best just in case someone's watching and i teach that in marketing you know i have all these marketing tips and but if you're not like positive attitude, high energy, you know, <laughs> Joe. Joe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hi, Joe. <laughs> wait, wait look, look, did you see his other comment? Who are those bands, Grandpa? <laughs> yeah, Air Supply was early 80s. Guns was uh, all right, early yeah. 90s. Yeah. But I am not a grandpa yet. Okay. <laughs> At least I pray I'm not a grandpa yet. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my God. So, uh, so then I, so I toured with Air Supply for like seven years, then went wow. home because I was sick of touring. Um, and then uh, the security guard for Air Supply, his name is Doug Goldstein, through weird scenarios of which way too long to explain, 
um, through Van Halen, through a lot of weird things, became the manager of Guns N' Roses, like out of nowhere. And, uh, and he goes, he starts uh, touring with them. And, you know, the band is crazy at this time. They're on heroin. They decide to all stop heroin. Um, Steven Adler. GNR? Yeah, GNR were heroin addicts, and they all made a pact where um, they no more heroin. Axel was on stage, and uh, after the show, he says, we're done. I'm out of the band unless we all kick this. We can't do this anymore. So everyone quit except for Steven Adler. The drummer couldn't do it. And and if you get kicked out of Guns N' Roses, you got to be pretty bad, you know, if you get kicked out of that band. So, uh, so he got out. And so what happened was uh, Doug Goldstein is like, all right, I know one guy that could handle Axl Rose. So he calls me up oh days, and he says, you ready to go back on the road? And I'm like, what do I have to do? He's like, you have to take care of Axl Rose. I'm like, whoa, dude, isn't like, doesn't he get in trouble a lot? And my friend Doug is like, yeah, but I'm going to pay you a lot of money. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I'm in. <laughs> and I toured with them for like three and a half, four years with guns. Wow. Dude, yeah. that is crazy, man. Crazy. So that, so, so wow. That was a really fast life story, by the way. That was. Yeah. Un- but that's only up to 93. And <laughs> then there's a whole. Yeah, right. Right. So so you toured with with Guns N' Roses. You were Axel. Let's back up to Air Supply. They weren't they didn't they don't seem to be like the the crazy kind of Guns N' Roses type. So so I I share this. I share this a lot. Um, Okay, the craziness, definitely Guns N' Roses. But partying, Air Supply blows Guns N' Roses out of the water. Really? Oh, yeah. Back then. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. In the yeah. early 80s, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, AIDS wasn't prevalent yet. Yeah. So there was a lot of stuff in the early 80s yeah. going on, yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, Air Supply, if you think of it, attracted 90% women, which was good. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I do. Of, uh, I do. I yeah. get it. Wow. Yeah. So, so, um, wow. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to think where to go with these questions, man. <laughs> so, so, okay. So you, so, so you toured with now, was this a global thing? Like you're touring oh, all of the, yeah, we, um, supply. I toured with them for seven years and I think we did. They toured all the time. We, we took like, Maybe once in a while, like a 30-day break, maybe. Um, but we toured all the time. And uh <laughs> I can't, uh, I shouldn't, I should not put Joe's comments up on no, this. No, you should, you should. Uh air supply was um a world tour. We so I think we did like six world tours with just air supply alone and guns and roses, same thing. They were all world tours. So I've been around the world probably eight times, nine times, like everywhere. I've been to every continent except for Antarctica. And I've been to every state except for Alaska, which is so strange because it's beautiful up there, but I haven't been there, but we played like Taiwan, Hong Kong, Japan, a lot, um, uh, Chinese Taipei, uh, uh, Turkey, uh, Israel was amazing. Um, all wow. South America, all Europe, um, Canada, all Canada. 
So pretty much, I don't know what I left out. Africa, we played South Africa and parts Jeez. of Africa as well. So I've been everywhere. Every, I've been very, very blessed. And then when I met my wife at the middle to end of the Guns N' Roses tour, um, and she had nothing to do with Guns N' Roses. It was my <laughs> sister that set us up. It wasn't, I met her, I did not meet her on the road. Uh, and we, we got married and we're like, and we're like, so are we, I, I didn't want to travel. I was like, we'll do the honeymoon and then I'm done. I just want to like chill. I was so sick of living in a hotel and, and um, living in my suitcase and all that stuff. So everyone's like, how can you give up a, a life where you toured with air supply and Guns N' Roses? And I'm like, do it. Do it for two years and see how much yeah. you like it after that. I did it for like 10 10 years touring people don't i you know i was young i was 21 20 something like that and i spent one summer being a runner for um a, a for a company here in columbus and and i um i remember when chris isaac's tour manager walked up to me and handed me a hundred dollar bill and said chris needs underwear and i'm like <laughs> It sounds like a personal effing problem. What the hell are you talking about? Oh no! <laughs> I'm like, uh, and some. I remember. I'm like, and I was pissed. And the, the owner of the comes up. He goes, "Would you please just go, just go, go do it?" And I'm yeah. like, "All right. Well, guess what? Chris is getting the most expensive underwear in Columbus." <laughs> right. I think, I think I got like two pairs for a hundred bucks. $100 or gold-laced underwear. So I have, a, I have a really, really funny story about someone giving you money to do something. Um, uh, I don't share this one a lot because it's unbelievable, but um, I was with Guns N' Roses, and Axel was dating Stephanie Seymour, the Victoria's Secret model. Um, and it was her birthday tomorrow. And, I, and we were shopping. We're in London. We're in London. Pretty sure we were in London. Somewhere in Europe. Pretty sure it was London. No, it was London. It had to be London. Right. So we're in London and he goes, we go shopping and he gets, and, and we're, we're through all these stores and he sees yeah. what he wants. Uh, it's a uh, stuffed, a baby elephant stuffed animal. Gigantic. It is the size of my desk, if you could see it. But just picture very large stuffed animal that you would win at a carnival when you won the best prize yeah. at the carnival it is huge so um he, he picks it out he hands it to me and he says get this to stephanie tomorrow we're wow. in london and i'm like where's, where's stephanie stephanie is in california oh so right exactly so fedex is out of the question ups is out of the question first of all they don't take that much and at the time this is early 80s it was like two days to get to and this is yeah Keep in mind, this is the day before early evening. So, you know, get this to Stephanie tomorrow. And it's like six o'clock London time. So that's not going to work. I actually talk about buying stuff. I'm, I was very, this is why they hired me. I was very resourceful. I bought the stuffed animal elephant, a first class ticket on the Concord plane and I had my limousine company in Los Angeles go pick it up at the airport and drive it to Stephanie's house. And it was there the next day. You so I bought animal, a first class ticket on the Concord. Yes. That might be more than your 
$50 underwear. <laughs> Way more. That had to, that was 20 grand. That had to be 20 grand at least. Like thousands a lot. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. So stuff like that. That's what we did on the road. <laughs> that's crazy. How crazy. many, I, I'm curious when you're like, and I don't, I, I don't know who pulls more um, air supplier guns and roses as far as stadiums. How, how many people show up for these shows? Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, Guns and Roses, way more, way more. Like uh, Air Supply played a lot of like 3,000 seat in the round theaters for a section. Then they would do the county fairs that were 15,020. And then they did the small, the small like uh, hockey basketball arenas, like 10,000 to 15,000. But Guns and Roses minimum was football stadiums. You know, that was, that was the small show, you know. So, uh, yeah, Guns N' Roses, way bigger, way larger audience. I mean, the, the Usual Illusion tour that I was on in the early 90s to this day, I think, was still the biggest tour in the history of rock and roll. It was three and a half years. And we, we had a section where we toured with Metallica. So it was uh, Faith No More or Brian May Band warming up or Suicidal Tendencies, like three of them, uh, warming wow. up. And then, um, and then it was Metallica and Guns N' Roses. And that... That was major stadiums, you know, major. Oh, so big, big show. And, and now there are there there because I know that they kind of carry the show with them via semi trucks or whatever. Yep. How yep. how do they do that? Do they put them on freighters and move them across the ocean? How how do they oh, do had, that? We had two sets with Guns and Roses, so oh. they would set up one in Denver. We'd go play okay. Denver. They'd strike Denver and go to the second city, and the other one would go to, like, Kansas City. So the other set was one one show ahead of us. So we had two sets, two oh sets God. of semi-trailers. Uh, it was big, big. I can't even imagine. How many semi-trailers? There had to be. Oh, I, I forget how many, and I might be exaggerating, uh, but at least 20 for the yeah. main. Because the, the half of the semi trailers would be the equipment, right? So that would go with us to each show. Um, but the uh, they probably had ten for the set times two, so maybe like thirty or something. Bunch of buses. We traveled by plane. We had our own plane, Guns and Roses. So we shared a plane with U um, two and Bruce Springsteen. So it was really cool. So uh, they would not share it on the same flights, but they would take us, then pick up Bruce. Then take Bruce, then go get you two, take you two, then go back and get us. And it's crazy. Were these, they, they, these were big planes. They had to bend. It was an MGM 737. Yeah. yeah. All first class seats and staterooms. <coughs> wow. So to this day, Ken, here's the problem with my life I cannot <laughs> travel coach, which gets expensive because <laughs> I got so, I'm not even joking. I got so spoiled. And this is, <laughs> So I have to make a lot of money the rest of my life because I can't <laughs> go and coach anymore. And it sounds snobby. I understand how it sounds. Trust me, I get it. Yeah. But when you travel that way for 10 years, yeah. those seats in the back, I don't know how people sit in those things. But You should have worked a royalty deal with Axel or something, man. <laughs> yeah, for the rest of my life, right? Yeah. You made me sit in first class. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so what, but what were some of the, and I'm sure there's things you can't talk about, um, but what, 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 yeah, but what were some of the, 
some of the things that you can talk about that are just like that you know normal people wouldn't wouldn't know like about maybe it's the touring maybe it's something about axel or be you know i mean was was he was he somebody that was outgoing when he was alone no. or was he an introvert no no uh, axel is uh, very shy very shy person very to himself yeah. deep, deep deep thinker but in his community in in our world of there were 30 of us that toured together uh yeah. axel's entourage was axel myself i had an assistant um that's how bad it was <laughs> i actually had an assistant um, um i know right a masseuse a chiropractor and a security guy so that was our entourage just for axel and then the band each each band member had a security person and wow. some uh, one assistant for the rest of the band kind of thing and then the tour manager the manager that type of team so there were 30 yeah. of us that traveled on the plane all the time together wow. And uh, Axel was like really outgoing in that group. Like Axel and yeah, my wife yeah. are very good friends. He's very open with my wife. He loves to get a female perspective of things. Here's, here's something. So we were yes men, right? We, right? Our goal was to get my goal. I had one goal on this tour, get Axel Rose on stage as close to on time as possible. <laughs> that was the one thing Craig had to do, you know, and all these other factors led to this one goal. Um, oh my God. So, um, so we used to say yes to, yeah. Oh, whatever it is. You just said 100%. Okay. Let's go to the show. And then yeah. he would want to get my wife's perspective on things. And she wasn't part of the meetings, I guess, where we said, just say yes. And oh, she would like, tell him the truth. <laughs> and I'd be like, and then that would set us back two hours. <laughs> so oh, no. be like, Natasha, Natasha, you 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 can't tell him that. And <laughs> and dear heart, Natasha, she's like this beautiful person. I I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So oh, wow. I know. So we all uh went to the Natasha way of life and just started telling him the truth and uh and then, wow. and I'm exaggerating a little. We yeah, we sure. told them the truth, you know. But yeah. but there were times where we're getting close to showtime, and if he said something that was just a little off, we'd be like, "Yo, yeah, definitely. Let's go. Let's go. We'll we'll deal with that later." <laughs> right. And my wife is like, "No, that's not true." <laughs> anyway, it was wow. funny. Um, but he's he's more of an introvert. He's very yeah. shy in public, and that's why I think he gets a bad rap in public. You know, the guy is bothered. I watched this, right? You know, we all say, like, I don't know if we all say. A lot of people say, I want to be famous. I want to be rich and famous. And I'm looking at Axl Rose's life, and I'm like, I don't want to be rich and famous. I, I, I want to be well off. I want to make enough money yeah. for my family. Yeah. But I don't want to be a household name because I see what it does. The poor guy can't walk through airports, can't go out and have a meal like after shows we would go to denny's that was our big thing at four yeah. or five in the morning and within we i would say to the manager of denny's please don't mention to anybody that we're here here's a hundred dollars or yeah. something and within five minutes the place was surrounded and then packed outside and, or, or did they, they inside they, outside taking pictures of us eating oh my god so my point is you know until you're in a person like Axel Rose's shoes don't judge when right. they're in a bad mood at the airport because they're getting hounded all the time. 
So yeah. we see the media plays all his bad stuff because that's yeah. Axel Rose. He's a bad boy. But in, in deep inside, he's a sweetheart, big heart. I mean, yeah. he does so much for charities and so many things for underprivileged children that the media doesn't even talk about because that's not Axel Rose. So he yeah. is a great guy, but he's very introverted and, 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 and very shy in public. Slash is outgoing, very out of Duff McKagan, the bass player, very outgoing, great yeah. in public and, and just like really cool with the people. Dizzy, same thing. Gilby is amazing. I didn't know Izzy as much. I met him a couple of times. He was the original rhythm guitarist. And when I toured, Gilby Clark was there. And then Matt Storm, total rock star dude, you know, the drummer that took over for yeah. it. But those are the guys I know that I toured with. And there's a, a couple of different people in the lineup now that I don't know. I know Slash is there, Duff is there, Dizzy is there, and Axel. Are, are the they still to are they still touring? Yeah, they were before COVID, yeah. They wow. uh they had um, you know, like the Eagles would never tour again. We'll tour when hell freezes over. Yeah. Um, and then they did the Hell Freezes Over tour. So Guns yeah. N' Roses has the Not In This Lifetime tour because Axel wow. and Slash would said, I am never going to tour with you, Not In This Lifetime, and they are back together again. And, I, mm. and I'm one of the people that was in both camps. Like there was an Axel camp and there was a Slash camp, but I was friends with both. Yeah. So I had the benefit of being in both camps, and I, I tried to play Switzerland as much as possible. <laughs> and uh, so I'm still friends with both to this day, so. It worked wow. out good. I'm glad, I'm glad they're together. The world needs Guns N' Roses. They're great. I, I totally agree with that, man. I mean, I'm an 80s kid, so, you Me know. Too. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, what I grew up on. So, well, I'm so. Also a 70s kid, but we don't need to go there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's crazy, and I, I've never seen Guns N' Roses live, man. Wow. Me neither. Isn't that insane? Yeah. I've seen like let me see. I'm gonna try to guess how many shows I've seen. Oh so my say, god! Probably like 750 shows. Probably. Jeez. I know. Crazy. That is yeah. insane. But you're like you're always you're always like off the side of the stage somewhere, right? You're not out. Yeah, I'm right on. Uh, so in the beginning, when I first started, I ran Axel's teleprompter. The words to all his songs were oh. all over the place. Um, and then I, and then I, so I was the assistant to Axel's guy. His name was Blake. And yeah. then he quit like two months in and he said, you're in charge now. I'm like, and he left, he was in Germany and he goes, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm out of here. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, you're in charge now. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is too much pressure <laughs> because I mean, it, it was a very, very, very high pressure gig, very high pressure, high security, high oh. pressure amazing right so yeah. um so blake quits and now i take over and i told axel i said here's the deal dude um i'm not blake blake used to like 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 hover over axel and wow. i have a hundred jobs i gotta do so i walked into axel i said all right blake just quit and apparently i'm taking over now but i'm not gonna do it like he's doing i'm in my room if you need me, just come to my room. I'm not going to sit in your room and just make sure that you have everything because I have a million things to do. And I think he respected right. that. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, do your thing. And then I had to hire an assistant. So okay. uh, uh, I forgot what I was uh, sharing before. What? Why did I bring up this story? Um, you asked me a question. <laughs> it's gone. It's 
Uh, yeah. Gosh, I don't even remember the question I asked. I, I'm, I'm so... Oh, oh I, know, I know what it was. I know what it was. So I, I ran the teleprompter, and then when I oh, got yeah. it, I made him run the teleprompter because it was such a stressful job. Um, and so then he ran the teleprompter, and then I just stood on the side of the stage waiting for something bad to happen, and when it did, handling it. How, so, did, yeah. how, how did it go when... Um, because you know, there's, it's, I don't, I mean, most of the time you've got an opening band or, you know, something like that. Like, how did it go when you're on tour with, I mean, Metallica and GNR are two massive, massive names. I, I just, I, and I've seen it personally, I've seen it backstage and I know you have where there's a clash of egos that, that. How how did that? Did you ever have to like play, like get in the nope. middle of? No, nope. of- here, here, here's what I had to do. <laughs> so, fortunately, Metallica and Guns N' Roses got along great, oh, like okay. amazingly great. Slash yeah. and uh, James and uh, yeah. like my my nights out were with Slash and Lars, so that was my night out. Like when Axel did, Axel never went out. So I went out with really? Slash. Axel would not go out. He was at this time. He's dating Stephanie. He's really uh, trying to make himself a better person, working yeah. on himself and stuff, which was great. Wow. So he didn't go out to bars when I was there at pretty much at all. Wow. Slash, on the other hand, went out to bars. So <laughs> I would I would leave my assistant like in the hotel uh, some of the times, and I would go out, or he would go out, and I'd stay in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, just waiting for Axel. So when I went out, I went out with Slash and Lars. Which, if you go out with Slash and Lars, there's a book yeah. there, just there. Which I can't share any of that. But there's a <laughs> book there, just those nights with those two. Anyway, wow. that being said, um, so uh, I was always just with Axel's entourage most of the time, and we would get there just before Guns went on. So I didn't get to see Metallica a lot on stage or the interaction between them, but I know it was great. Um, Metallica didn't love Axel as much because of the lateness and the things. So there's a couple of videos out there of Metallica doing these things about Axel, but they respected each other and they, everyone got along great. I have a great story. Suicidal tendencies warmed up for part of that tour. And, uh, the bass player for Suicidal Tendencies at the time was a guy named Rob Trujillo. I don't know if you know that name, but Rob Trujillo is now the bass player for Metallica. He took oh, over okay. like about five years ago. Yeah. So, the, so my son, Ryan, I have, I have three kids. Tyler is a film director at TCU. My son, Ryan, is a drummer. And my son, Hayden, is a guitarist. And my son, Ryan, is a really good drummer. He's like really great. And he started a couple of bands in Los Angeles. And he's in this band uh, called Thredge, T-H-R-E-D-G-E, Thredge. They're like a heavy metal band. And um, uh, his bass player is this kid, Ty. And we didn't know Ty. We just knew that he was a cool kid. And he was touted as a great bass player. So all of a sudden, Ryan, after a couple of weeks of playing with this kid, Ty, he looks at Ty's name. And his, and, and his Instagram account, and his Instagram account for a 15-year-old kid at the time, now he's 16, 
had like 80,000 followers. And my son, Ryan, is like, how does this kid have 80,000 followers? And then he starts doing some research on Ty Trujillo. Ty Trujillo is the bass player of Metallica's son. So my son, Ryan, is in a band with the bass player of Metallica's son. So now uh, Rob Trujillo and I are good friends through our sons. And we toured together when he played with suicidal tendencies and we never knew each other. Wow. So it's a weird thing that we're back together again. And we toured in the early 90s for a year. And we never, I mean, we saw each other and said hi. But yeah. isn't that funny that now, full circle, our kids are playing in a band together? That's so, insane, man. Okay. That's insane. Yeah, I yeah. saw, I forget which, um, you posted something on Facebook to vote for one of your one of your kids for a, a something it was voting for a song or something in one of the bands that they're in oh it wasn't oh it was a battle of the bands uh in agora hills but i think what you're talking about is i posted for to get some likes to uh my son has another band called dead teddy and they released That's uh, it. Their first, yeah their first song is poison and it's all over spotify so if you go all all you people out there if you could just go to spotify and just look up Dead Teddy is D-E-D-T-E-D-D-Y, Dead Teddy, and their song Poison, just stream it. That would be awesome. So here's here's a great question. What qualities that most contributed to your success as a manager slash assistant in the music business that are transferable to any other job or, or field? That's a great, great question, actually. Great, great question. And I will say this. I am – I'm – I'm touted because I can't as a really good speaker on stage. I'm really good at what I do. I guess that's yeah. what people say. And, um, and I'm very resourceful. I can find anything or get anything <laughs> at any time for any situation. So if I need something at an event or something, I will very much be able to get it. And not only get it, but negotiate a great price. Because I was, I'm a great negotiator because at the time when I was with Guns N' Roses, all I had to say was, I'm with Guns N' Roses, and I'd pretty much get it for free, but whatever <laughs> it was. So uh, remind me, resourceful, but I'm going to go back to a story. I was dating my wife uh, during the Guns N' Roses tour, and we're in a hotel room and um, in, in Los Angeles. And I said to my wife, um, uh, we, uh, we were like listening to music in, in our hotel room and I wanted to play her a queen song. I was a huge queen fan and yeah. I didn't have the album with me. And at the time there was no like Spotify or anything like that. Yeah. Like, right. Right. All that stuff. Um, so the I called up, Tower, right. Exactly. So I called up tower records on sunset Boulevard and I, and I get on the phone with them and I said, I need this Queen album, um, but I have no car and no way to get there. And I can't leave because my boss is here and I can't leave the hotel. Can right. I pay you or somebody to buy the album for me and then drive it to my hotel? And they're like, dude, we, we can't do that, man. I just, you know, we're on staff here. We only have a couple of people. So then I say, I understand, but my name is Craig Doeswalt, and, and you don't know who I am at all. 
but my boss is Axl Rose. And I have an autographed picture uh, right here, and I will get Axel to sign your name if you come over to my hotel room. And he goes, I'll be there in 15 minutes. <laughs> so he just did actually with his money, bought the Queen album. Oh my God. Drove there. I gave the kid a hundred bucks and it said, I think it was Jeff, to Jeff, thank you for the Queen album, uh, Axel Rose. And I gave it to him. Now he didn't get to meet Axel because Axel was doing something, but yeah, but he right. got that, and it was literally a legit autograph, and uh, and he got it. And so, wow, those are the things now that I use in business, like in negotiating. I feel there's always a way to get something. We can yeah. offer something that they might need, uh, where it's a win-win. I, I don't want anyone to for yeah. free. But I'll do a win-win all day long. Like I will value offer value exchange absolutely all day yeah. long. And I have a lot of value stuff because yeah. I put on big seminars. I have sponsorships available, so that's why I tell people that are speakers. A lot of speakers just want to speak on stages and they don't want to do their own events. Right. I believe everyone should do their own events if you're a speaker, and even if you're not a speaker, put on lunch and learns. But these are opportunities where you can invite people to speak on your stage if you need something of theirs or you want to speak on their stage. So I use a lot of that negotiating stuff that I learned with Guns N' Roses uh, as well. And then like resources, I I have, I, I focus on resources uh, because I want, uh, I, I have so many, so I'm willing to share these resources again in a negotiation situation. And then so the other thing, Wait, last thing is events. I put on events. I put on, I don't just get up on stage and speak. I put on events. And I learned that with air supply and especially Guns N' Roses. You need to make the crowd, A, want more, B, have an experience. So my events are not just me up there speaking. This is an experience that they'll walk out of there going, oh my gosh, that was way more than just a, a seminar. It was an experience. So I learned a lot of that stuff with Guns N' Roses. Now, I'm not as crazy as they are, but everyone <laughs> walked out of there going, that was more than just a concert. There was an experience there as well. And Queen, I was a huge Freddie Mercury fan. Um, mm. I am by no means Freddie Mercury, but I am really good at dealing with crowds. Like large, my, my events have like 600, 700 people. How do you talk to the person in the last row? And Freddie Mercury was great at at uh, at exuding his personality, if that's the right term, to the last yeah. row. They in the last row felt exactly what the person in the first row felt as well. And I think I'm really good at doing that as well. So, yeah. wow. Uh, there's one more thing that uh, a piece of it, but I forgot what it was. But that, that's the main stuff that I take into business so, now. So, talk, it, so you're wearing a shirt that says "Rock Your Life." Talk about that. Cause that that's your company, right? So I, I and, and I saw I saw last night. I was looking through some photo. I was stalking your Facebook page. Um, I happened to come across because Joe's a good buddy of mine. I know you're. Joe's been to my too. events, a few of my events. Yeah, yeah, I saw. I actually I liked one of the pictures of him and his wife at one of your events. Yeah. Um, and it it literally, from what I could see in the picture, it looked like. I mean, dude, you had a rock stage set up. Was, oh yeah. No, I, I tried. Like, I, wow, that's a mini DNR stage right there. 
I do a different, yeah. I do a different stage every single time because I I'm, I get bored very easy. My events are always different. There's a lot of the same content. I have um, uh, I have core stuff that I teach, but yeah. I add new stuff all the time because just for my boredom, I don't want to say the same thing over and over. So every the reason why, like Joe just said, a lot of people go back and back and back. I've had people come to 15 events, and it's like uh, it's yeah. just. Um, and they come over and over again because, A, they're going to get new information. I tell different stories, and there's a new set all the time. So it's like, what's Craig going to do this time kind of thing? So um, I do take very care on what's on stage. Sometimes I even strip it down to nothing because I know I have a lot of cool stuff coming up. But um, but the events are rock star-like. I play a lot of music. I, I, um, I make it a lot of fun. So that because I believe if you're having fun, you learn a lot more. But it's a ton, a ton of content. And that's a great point, Joe. My PowerPoint presentations, you know, uh, one of my pet peeves when I go to seminars is where they list like, here are the eight things that you could do to do something. And all eight are on one PowerPoint slide. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that is like <laughs> speaking 101. If yeah. you have eight points on a slide... Read, you're talking about number one, but everybody in the audience is reading two through seven. So they're right. not even paying attention to you right, right. now at all. So yeah. I only put one thought per slide in yeah. big, gigantic letters. And so they read that. And then they, and then I have a book that they fill out. And there's always a blank. And then they fill in the blank. And then they listen. Um, yeah. But I always infuse my PowerPoint presentations with slides that are different, funny. I'll throw a music video up there. I'll do something weird in the middle of it just to break it up. Tony Robbins yeah. always wants to break our uh, focus, yeah. you know, uh, do that. Um, oh, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. But break us. Uh, yeah. Stop the pattern. Interrupt the pattern. Interrupt, interrupt the pattern, yeah. That's right. And yeah. so I do that all day long with my seminars. So thank you, Joe, for pointing out my presentations uh, I've yeah. I've really figured out how to do that. Um, Tim 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 Gillette, Tim Gillette says um, that you are a crazy guy. You just act normal in interviews. <laughs> Tim is one of my best friends, and and now we live near each other. Yeah, uh, Tim's awesome, man. It, he does these blog and video cons that just that are so good. You know what's amazing about Tim? Uh, when I do my masterminds, um, Tim is always in the back of the room. And he always, every time we brainstorm in my masterminds, we have like 200 people in my mastermind and we all brainstorm all the time for each other. And yeah. Tim comes up with the greatest ideas. He's a really great marketer. I know he's he looks really like Tom Petty and a rocketer, but he's a really great marketer. Yeah. Really? Look at that. We have Patricia. So oh, my Canadian friend, Patricia, she's amazing. Creator, she's an amazing artist. Uh, create, ask him about them. Well, oh, yeah, well, that's a, a you want to do any of those? I don't know. What What's out of the box? What, so what all my that? marketing ideas are, I have outside the box marketing. I have a whole session on uh, crazy things that you could do to market your business. Wow. And some of them You're, are uh, absolutely insane. <laughs> give, give, give us one. All right. Um, uh, all right, I'll do this. Well, I'm going to do two if that's okay. Because hey, do, hey, do twenty if you want. No, 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 because they kind of go into each other. Yeah. So I hate cold calling. So I'm a marketing guy. 
And I yeah. hate cold calling. Uh, I will never cold call. I just, you know, I, I teach rock star marketing, right? So I don't think Axl Rose is on the phone cold calling someone saying, hey, we have a concert tomorrow night at the forum. Do you want to come? So if you want to be a rock star, I don't believe you need to cold call. But there's like tons of things that you could do to get some warm leads. So what I do is I one of the things I do is I, I have these envelopes, these business uh, white yeah. envelopes, number 10 envelopes. They're just regular white envelopes. And I'll just focus on a, a people I want to either come to my seminar or sponsor my event. So I will get their address uh, from somewhere because uh, I have a database. I, I have like 50,000 in my database. I'll grab an address of who I think is successful, who I think will align with my audience. Uh, and, and I'll want to invite them. Yeah, right. I'll, I'll want to <laughs> them y'all to come to my <laughs> event so I get a, a, a white envelope a number 10 business envelope and I'll write the person's name let's just say John Smith and I'll address it to him and in the return address I'll put my return address and my telephone number under the return address and I send it to John Smith so John Smith gets my envelope and he opens it and it's empty there's nothing inside and he's like, what the hell was this? There was nothing. So he goes to the return address and he sees a telephone number. And he's like, oh, good. There's a telephone number. So he calls me up and he says, hey, Craig, my name is John Smith. And I just got an envelope, but it was empty. Can you tell me what was inside? And I say, nothing was inside. I just wanted to call you to call so we could talk about my upcoming seminar. And one <laughs> of two things will happen. One, if he gets upset, I'm like, dude, you called me. I didn't call you. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, so they can't really get upset. Or number two is they go, wow, that is very clever. So what is event? And I say, it's a marketing event. And um, I think you would be a great fit for one of my sponsorships or to get a table. It's a warm wow. call so that Dude. I now get them. So what I also do, though, this is number two, is, and I have a number three, which is a backup of this. Uh, so number two on that same thing, I put um, stamps, and uh, here are the stamps I use. I put a stamp Let's on see. the envelope, and if you look really closely, these stamps have my picture on it. Book Craig is yeah. your next speaker. So you could go to stamps.com, and you could have your picture put on your stamps. And a lot of people don't know that. In the seminar world, a lot of people know it. But a lot of people in the regular world don't know this. So, like, I was on the um, committee for my high school reunion, my 40th high school reunion. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. And, um, and I sent out um, um, uh, invitations to the seminar, uh, to the um, reunion, 40-year reunion, and I put my stamps on it. And everyone wow. in my class does this. How in God's name did you get on a U.S. stamp? And I said, well, I'm a speaker in California. And they asked me. So I said, yeah, they have no idea that anyone could do this because regular people just don't know. So the oh same thing, God. I'm sending these blank envelopes. Most of these people have no idea that you could do this. And then they say, mm -hmm. dude, let me ask you a question. While I have you here since I called you, how did you get on that stamp? And I at first, I say, well, I'm a pretty big deal, I guess. I don't know. They asked me. The U.S. Post Office called me one day and said, I hear you're a really good speaker, so would you like to be on the <laughs> But then I tell them the truth. I'm like, hey, here's an outside-the-box marketing idea. You can do this, too. So I share wow. that. Here's the third one. 
Not only do you can you do that, but let's just say I send this blank envelope to John Smith, and John Smith gets the blank envelope, and the stamp has his picture on it. Oh, mind blow! Because I just go to wow. Facebook and download his picture, go to stamps.com and buy a stamp with his picture on it. So now wow. he's like, okay, first of all, okay, there's nothing in this. How in God's name am I on a stamp? What's it? I said, I don't know. I, I got these stamps at the post office. You, you, you don't even know that you're on a stamp? And then I tell them. But it blows their minds. Regular people oh my God. that all this exists. And it's just all it is. Instead of a cold call, it's a warm thing to Dude. just talk to people. And then they're so blown away by the three things that I just did. They all come to my seminar. That is brilliant. That is absolutely yeah. brilliant. What's the non-threatening Caucasian finger web pose? Oh, I hate you. You're such a dick. Sorry. <laughs> he is. He is. I tell him that almost he, daily. All right, I'll do it. So my first couple of books, I had a photographer said, stand like this. So I, I stood like this in my seminars, uh, in my books. And to this day, it, it's just everyone makes fun of me because – I had that Caucasian white finger pose, I guess it's called. So Tim Gillette did something at my last event. He had, so Tim doesn't even listen to me on stage because all he's doing is trying to mess me up at my seminars. That's all he does. So he, he contacts all these mastermind people that aren't at my seminar, uh, people that have been to my seminar, friends of mine, my family, and he gets everyone to pose like this and he put together a reel of uh yeah he has a video of it of about a hundred people doing that pose and it was just hysterical even my sister in florida oh my he goodness. contacted my parents and i'm like where did you get all these people so he wow. doesn't listen to my seminars he's been to every single one of them for the last eight years but obviously he's not listening because all he's yeah. doing is mess me up <laughs> so what so what so what are you doing i mean i don't think you're doing any seminars at the moment are you no, you know, it's just really funny. And, and for people that are scheduled to go to this one, I just, I tried to do one here October 6th live in Texas. And mm. I did an interview with my mastermind the other day. I, I needed a hundred, I wanted a hundred people to come to this, but right now I have like six people uh, coming and it's October 6th. So I did a poll out to my mastermind and I said, are you guys ready to, you don't have to come to this one because it's in Dallas. But yeah. are you ready to go to a live event yet? And 90% of my people said, not yet. Just there, Some of them are older. Some of them uh, have uh, like a diabetes type of situation. Some of them oh, are taking yeah. care of grandkids. So uh, I, I just last night canceled October 6th. So if you're listening and you didn't know that yet, I, I had to cancel it. Um, I just don't want to pay thousands of dollars to have like no one show up. And, and I think it's we're just not ready yet. I'm ready personally. Yeah, um, me too. Me yeah, too. Right. Exactly, yeah. Joe. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I, I firmly believe. Uh, I, but I have totally a virtual agree. event. I have a virtual event coming up um, on October eighth, 9th, and tenth. So What's, if you just go to that website address for people to yeah yeah let me let me just go to that website address. Can I um, email it to you and then you put it up? Uh, there's actually there's a chat. You should see a private chat. You can send send. Oh, that it to would me. be wonderful. Right I'll there just, on. I'll on be with you guys in a second.
Yeah. Uh, get code. Uh, At, um, Tim had to cancel his for November 5th. Dude, I think, Tim, I think you'll be all right on November 5th. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, right? Uh, no, I'm sure you know, it has to. Um, and Jeffrey Miller agrees with not yet. Um, Siraj says, uh, I'm ready. Siraj thinks we look like brothers, dude. We are brothers, man, from another mother, maybe, but we are brothers. That's right. Oh, look, Tim Gillette just put it up. <laughs> oh, he's faster than me. See how good he is? But I can't, I, can't, I can't scroll that across the bottom. I need the actual, I need the link that I can copy and paste. But um, I can leave Tim's comment up there. So Chadwick, Chadrific says, love that name, by the way. Um, questions for Craig. What is on top of your marketing bucket list? Chadwick, man, I think you need to be like my uh, my right hand man because thank you for the lead into something that I would love to talk about. Yeah, uh, really. that Ken hasn't asked me about yet. I'm kidding. Uh, well, uh, I'm kidding. No, no one knows about it. No one knows about it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So I do have a bucket list thing, and I think everyone. So I, I put together um, personal goals. How do I how do I comment on this? Wait. Um, over to the right. Oh, I got it. I see all the comments, but how yeah. can I Well, over to the, up at the top, there's private chat and there's comments. You can. You oh, can I'll do that. I'll do that. I got it. Here it is. Private so chat and send me that link. Right. So that is the link. So hopefully got that'll help. I don't know if that yep. helps. Got it. Right. So um, um, thank you, Chadwick, for that question, because um, two years ago, I opened up a nonprofit called Band Together Foundation. And um, we're really good at giving back, my wife and I. We do a lot of things for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. My wife had Hodgkin's lymphoma. She is cured of it. She had it a long time ago, and she is cured, so thank God for that. Um, but uh, so we, we give back to a lot of charities. We, we raise money for many mansions. It's this place in uh, Westlake Village. Anyway, so we do that. Uh, so two years ago, we opened up Band Together Foundation, and I believe that all businesses need to open up a nonprofit leg to give back. I, I truly, we have been blessed beyond blessed. Um, so we are focused on giving back. So we raise money at all my events for the Band Together Foundation. So um, I, I was talking about goals. So yeah. I, I always put together personal goals and I write them down, and then I put together um, business goals and we write them down every year. And 2020, we've had to redo our goals in April because of the COVID. So my wife and I redid our goals. But I always believe that we need to have dream big goals, goals that are pretty much not even attainable. Like one of my dream big goals is to buy the Kansas City Chiefs football team. Now, that's probably not going to happen, but it's a, a goal that is in the back of my mind. It's a bucket list thing. Um, besides hanging with Joe and Ken is number two, Joe and Ken, number one, number two is to buy the Kansas city chiefs. So probably not going to happen, but what can happen <laughs> is something that I can do. And I have control of is, um, and it was going to be 2022, <clears throat> but it looks like it's going to be 2023 because COVID set me back a year. The 2020 is pretty much a waste. 
So um, my wife and I and our foundation, Band Together Foundation, want to put together a live aid type of concert in 2023. And it's a Band Together to um, raise money for Band Together Foundation, which will raise money for a certain cause that we don't know yet. But the idea is banding together. So bands that have broken up in the past band together for one day so that the world can band together as well and do a concert. Now, there'll be bands there that are also together and did not break up or broke up in the past and got back together, like an Eagles, like a, a Guns N' Roses. So this idea came about when Guns N' Roses was broken up, and my goal was to get them back together um, and then do a concert band together. So wow. there's a lot of little pieces that have started, um, uh, but in 2023 – we want to put on the next live aid under the Band Together Foundation um, uh, umbrella. Dude, that is, I love that. Yeah. And I say that all the time, man. I think that people do not dream big enough. Yeah. They, they don't. I, I know. I'm, I'm guilty of it. Yeah. I mean, I am. But you, you know, you have the, you have what, what? How do I word this? You kind of have the upper hand, in in the sense of, dude, you've traveled literally all over the entire planet with the biggest. I mean, Guns and Roses in the eighties. I don't think there was a bigger band. I mean, they no, they, they were, were they were the number one bands in the nineties, eighties, late eighties and nineties. Yeah. They were number one. Yeah, yeah, in the world, in the world, like, not just the U.S. In the world, in so the world. They made, they were making at least a hundred grand a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they were making uh, and oh. more a million dollars a show. That's crazy, yeah. man. Yeah, that's is, insane. Is the number that I heard. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure uh, they, they were, were uh, very, very successful. So, but you know, so you have the when I say you have the upper hand, I, I, you were just you were blessed with an opportunity. Because of your energy, because of your attitude, your work ethic, everything else, um, you were blessed with an opportunity that, that literally showed you the world. So I think there's people, and that's what this show's about. Like there's people who get stuck right there in their crap. You know, something goes wrong in life and they they stay there and they stop dreaming. What do you say to somebody like that that, that has stopped dreaming big, thinking yep. about the private jets and the you know, what do you say to them? How do you help them get over that? That that is such a good question, and um, and and first of all, I will uh, agree with you that I have been blessed. So I have doors that are open more than most people. I get that, but there's a lot of people that I toured with. The doors were open for them too, and yeah. they're dead, divorced, um, uh, unhappy. Um, and I would say that's 90% of the people that I know on yeah. the road. So while I have been blessed, kudos to me for taking advantage of being blessed. Yep. I did the work. I didn't just like rest on my laurels. I toured with Guns N' Roses. So now the world should just come to me and uh, not do any work. Yeah. <laughs> right. Excuse me. So a lot of people did that. Now, for the people out there that I understand you didn't tour with Guns N' Roses, 
how come, how, how would I be able to dream big? How would I be able to accomplish something? Well, let's look at all the people that didn't tour with a band that became very, very successful in life. We right. all have something that is unique, that is different about us. We have something. And one of the things I do in my mastermind is find that for people, is what is that thing that makes you different? You know, you could be a, a baseball fan and you could just be the best baseball fan in the world for the New York Yankees. Well, there's yep. a way to incorporate baseball into your business because you have such a passion for loving the New York Yankees. How do you incorporate baseball into your brand? Because you would love to talk about baseball 24-7. So if you incorporate, like hit a home run with your clients or something like that because you incorporated baseball into your brand, that gives you passion for your brand, more passion than regular, and that will now cater to the people that love baseball. So point is, there's always a way to position yourself to, to be successful in whatever it is without touring with a band like Guns N' Roses. And all you have to do is find your passion, do, uh, uh, do uh, good things and give back. And here's the deal. You have to uh, believe in your heart that you are doing it because you want to help people and you know that if you if they listened to you that they would make they would benefit more than what it actually cost them to be in it so you also have to believe in your heart that that's true and you're not just doing this just to make money like i honestly do not speak to make money i i make money as a speaker but like, uh, for example, I make money as a keynote speaker. And if I was only a keynote speaker, I'd be good. You know, I'd make enough money yeah. uh, as a keynote speaker. So yeah. I don't have to put on my own events. I don't have to have a mastermind. My mastermind, by the way, is the most inexpensive mastermind to join for someone. I'll just brag for a second at my level. My level of seminars, I have 600 to 700 people. Those people charge that have that charge $25,000 to $100,000 to be in the yeah. mastermind. My mastermind for a year to be in my mastermind and you get access to me is $4,000 for the year. And if you stay in it two years, it's 2000 for the second year. And the third year wow. is $1,000 to stay in it and you still get me and you still get all the information and all the, the connections and it's $1,000 for year and beyond. So that's why I have like 210 in my mastermind. Hardly anyone ever leaves because they want to get to $1,000 a year to be in the mastermind. Yeah. Point is, people make wow. choices in this world. You know, I don't, I don't go out and party every night anymore. I, I haven't for years. I work, I, and I, yeah. but I love what I do so much that yes, I toured with Guns N' Roses and Air Supply, so doors are opened, but I use those doors and I work my ass off. I don't watch TV. I don't go to bars. I don't party like crazy right. and I, I work but i enjoy what i do and my wife enjoys what she does and she's literally 15 feet from me right now so we oh, love working together and we have yeah. a great relationship and i love my kids and everything is about the kids so yes yeah. i have the doors open but i work my butt off and i don't you know spend a lot of time doing things that won't further my career let's just say have have you ever experienced um being down to your last hundred bucks. Oh, uh, I wouldn't say hundred, but hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Please. When I graduated yeah. college, 
I had no money. I was in debt. So there's that. But then I got yeah. air supply and I made money during air supply. So for seven and a half years, I was good. <clears throat> but when you're touring with air supply and you're touring with millionaires, you yeah. think you're a millionaire too, but I ain't making millionaire prices. Right. So I spent all the money that I made with air supply. So yeah. from 1988 to 1990, I was a struggling musician because I was in a band and I was a singer and I tried to make it as a musician. Wally yeah. Stocker, uh, the original guitarist for the babies and uh, the guitarist for Air Supply, him and I wrote a couple of songs and we were starting a band and just nothing. I got nothing. I was an actor. I was on a general hospital for a year as a small part. I was on Full House a couple of times, little, little itty bitty tiny things, never made it as an actor, rejected 24 seven. And I was living in Santa Monica and was like living credit card to credit card. Um, I would I would I would get a credit card and I would uh, uh, max it out and then get another credit card and then yeah. max it out and get another credit card. But I worked as a waiter at the time. Yeah. This is in between air supply and guns and roses. Worked as a waiter and I was down to not a hundred dollars. I was down to negative. $10,000 on a credit card, but wow. I always had credit card credit because I had good credit. Yeah. I paid minimum every month. But if yeah. you were asking if I had $100, no, I had negative 10,000 at wow. all times. And then I got Guns N' Roses and that got me out of it. But when I was done with Guns N' Roses, got married, then I became a businessman and yeah. I saved money from Guns N' Roses. And then, and then the rest is, then I got a job at an ad agency uh, I was a, a copywriter, then a senior copywriter, then a creative director. Then I opened my own ad agency, and then um, and then I became a speaker. And ever since the end of Guns N' Roses, I learned how to save money, learned to live within my means, yeah. learned how to run a business. Went to a Tony Robbins seminar. That's when he said, "Quit your job and get and open your own business." At least that's what I heard. So I quit my job. <laughs> I quit my job as a creative director for an ad agency and I opened up my own ad agency. And uh, you said that's at least that's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. Cause <laughs> what I heard was quit. He was saying like, be your own boss and you yeah. should focus on being an entrepreneur because you can handle it all. So I literally yelled out at an unleash the power within seminar. He was doing some exercise. It was quiet. And I just yelled out, I just quit my job in front of thousands of people and tony robbins goes awesome <laughs> so oh my god and i literally quit my job and i opened my own ad agency that monday and i got some clients and uh yeah yes i know van halen pretty well so that will be one of the targets because i my goal is to have sammy and dave on stage together wow that's together. freaking awesome man and, and do you have a book about your time on the road? Oh, funny you should ask that, Joe. Uh, it's called Welcome to My Jungle. It's on Amazon. Uh, yeah, it's available. Welcome to My Jungle. Dude, okay. So I did not know that about you. I'm an Amazon influencer, and I can actually live stream on Amazon. Oh. I'm going to have you come on and do a live stream to the Amazon audience, and we'll sell the crap out of your book. All right. Well, I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to respectfully decline. You and are? I'll, and I'll tell you why. Why? Um, I wrote that book and 
Um, I wish I didn't. Oh. And, and it's not because, like, I didn't out anybody on the road. Right. Like, they're my friends, right? I didn't tell any inside scoop stories at all. I just told funny and interesting things yeah. that happened on the road with Guns N' Roses. And I got bashed on Amazon because I didn't tell the dirt. Uh, this guy is a sellout. He didn't tell the dirt. He must be dating Axel or stupid stuff. So I have crazy. not told anybody about this book for years. Um, it's wow. still sold a ton of copies, but I don't promote it anymore. So there wow. you go. Okay. Well, it's still out there. And it's, yeah. it is a good read, but just don't bash me, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff Miller. Jeffrey so, Miller has the book and he loved it. I uh, love you, well, Jeffrey. Everybody on here, go uh, buy wait, it. I want to answer Jill's question. I can't take it down because I had it through a publisher. Oh, uh, so they own the rights to it. Well, so uh, here's the solution everybody go buy a copy of it. Oh, dude, I was just thinking, we're My gonna end, we gotta talk about Glenn in a minute. But everybody, uh, Glenn go. Morshower is I'm gonna just say right now, Glenn Morshower is the greatest person on this earth. That's Amen. all I'm gonna say about Glenn. One thousand percent, and I want to talk about him. But everybody, go buy a copy of the book and leave a five star raving review for for Craig on there. So let's you know talk about. Wait, we know what happened with that. I honestly, my mastermind all bought the book the first day. Legitimately bought the book and read the book because they could not wait for it to come out. And they all gave me five-star reviews. So the first day I had like 100 five-star reviews and that's what I got bashed over. It's impossible to get five-star reviews. This guy's buying reviews. Oh my gosh. So they would give me one star because I bought reviews, even though they liked the book. <laughs> it's so stupid. So stupid. Yeah, I would, I, dude, I wouldn't let people like, I wouldn't let hate. Let and, then I opened, hate and then I opened hate. the door to Pandora's box to the world that I left a long time to kind of came back to me. And uh, it's not as pretty of a world as I am in now. So, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Well, dude, talk about Glenn real quick and we'll wrap it up. What? Okay. Tell me how you met Glenn Morshower. You know, he's a brother to me. And, yeah. and I know you guys do that Sunday night thing. And I was on that show and Scott McCain is a good friend of mine too. So it's so yeah. funny. You guys are awesome. I listen to you guys a lot, a lot. And you're so nice that you mentioned my name all the time. I love you guys. So uh, Glenn Morshower is uh, like, so we were in a play together back in 1926 at the World <laughs> Woodland Hill Community Theater. Um, and it was, uh, a show called The Last Meeting of the Knights of the White Magnolia. And um, it, it was like, I knew who Glenn was because he had done like shows. And then I'm a guy that's done like General Hospital and Full House, <laughs> right? And But it, we had a great cast for this community theater. It was an amazing cast, actually. It was like not your typical community theater cast. I will say this. Yeah. So I got cast in this show. And Glenn's in it and talk about intimidated. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And and most of my scenes were with Glenn. And he and he was mean to me. Like his character was mean to my character. He like made fun of me. I my name was oh. Milo Crawford. Milo Crawford. And he was this <laughs> dude that just made fun of Milo Crawford. And so I was like this <laughs> Texas kid. That um that everyone made fun of me anyway. So I was abused <laughs> on the show. Plus he was Glenn Morshower, and I'm like okay. 
But Glenn, <laughs> outside of character, is the sweetest man imaginable. And we oh. just hit it off. I mean, we just we started dating immediately, I think. And then, uh, and then we realized that we, we, we weren't gay with nothing, nothing wrong with being gay, but we just realized <laughs> we weren't. And then, uh, so anyway, so D Glenn and I have known each other since whenever that was, I don't even know what year that was, but it was a very, very, 1926. Yeah. 1926. <laughs> and, uh, and then we just, we have been, but best buds for forever and ever. And it's funny. We lost touch, not lost touch, but we just like, um, <laughs> There were like two year or two or three year period. Milo's self esteem. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh my god, that's um, funny, dude. We um, lost, not lost touch, but we just didn't connect for like two or three years. Way after the play, um, we did. We we hung out for years after the play, but there was a period I was on tour, you know, so I wasn't keeping in touch with people. And then I got back from the Guns N' Roses tour, and then I opened an ad agency, stuff like that. But then in 2009, 10-ish, uh, I was speaking. I became a speaker, and Glenn was on the circuit as a speaker. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing here as a speaker? He goes, oh, my gosh, I speak at these events. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I speak at those events. And then we just wow. rekindled our friendship again. Now it's stronger than ever, and the great thing is – he lives in Dallas and I live in Frisco. We're down the block from each other. Yeah. And we'll be seeing a lot of each other. I want to like go to his classes. You know, he has these acting classes here that I send a lot of people to um, because he's just, he's he, and, he wants us. I plan on being in, in one of his. What time classes. is that at, Glenn? What time is that at? It's all day. It's until. until oh, I'll, I'll do that. If you could put up the link, I have I'll, one. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link, dude. That I, would he be does, awesome. that's, yeah. yeah, that's not for public but yeah I'll, uh, I'll send it to you for sure that's awesome so, yeah I'll man wow i mean honestly craig i could sit here all day and talk to you because like wow you've got some stories man and you know what uh, honestly something i didn't realize is you you actually have some unbelievably creative marketing solutions i have um 254 Wow. Yeah, I, I um I don't do drugs, I very rarely drink, and my brain thinks as if I've dropped acid <laughs> because it's amazing. Like I think of these things and I don't know where I get it from. I I was born with this gift and I, I can't even explain, but I think differently, and then I try to think of how can I make that into something that people could use to grow their business. Right. Yeah. So, um, so I do that. And all I do all day long, every day is try to think of new things. Like I'll, I'll just give you another one. I play golf. Right. So I have uh, Shantha money is in my um, mastermind and she's with this company called banner season where you can get these promotional. I, items. I am too. Me too. I'm with banner season. Now. I love banner. Me season. Too. So I uh, so I order golf balls that have my logo on it, Rock Your Life, yeah. and my website, craigdoeswalt.com. And, and it says, and I forget exactly how, um, oh, uh, and it says this. Uh, the ball has a little sentence on it, and it says something like this. I'm hiding from Craig Doeswalt now. Yeah. 
and I put and I sprinkle seriously these balls in the rough throughout Sherwood Country Club in LA, yeah. North Ranch Country Club, because <laughs> most people are going to find those balls because no one's in the fairway when they play golf. No. So my website address is on it, my brand is on it, and a cute little saying is on it. That's awesome. And I, I just think that's just another way. Book Craig as a keynote speaker to these high-end courses. Yeah. And I, I do that all day long. I throw I throw them in the woods, I throw them in the yep. rough, and someone will pick it up. And if I do it enough times at the same club, everyone is gonna say, All right, I don't know who the hell this guy is. <laughs> yeah, he sucks at golf, he's in the rough all the time, and he never <laughs> finds his balls. That will get the conversation started. That is awesome, man. So stuff like that. That's so awesome. Dude, you're you are a real life rock star, man. Well, and, I don't know about that. I'm I'm very grateful that 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 I had you on the show. Glenn wants us to come join him. I Listen, have I have a, I have a call right now. I have one hour, a little bit, and then I'm going to join you guys at about twelve oh five. Craig, I'll I'll send you the I'll send you the link, and and that way you you have the link to get in. But um, that would be awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate thank you, you coming on. Thank you for asking me. Thank you. Stay with me if you would. I'm going to end the live stream and, and you and I can chat real quick and then, but thank you. And thank you to everybody who shared this out. If you did not share this out, shame on you. <laughs> you have a lot of good people on here. I like know all your people. I know you, uh, they, 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 uh, that, it's awesome, dude. You, you're, you rock, bro. Thank so, you. all right. Thank you guys. Thanks, Craig. Hang with me for a second. <laughs>